everybody. It's midweek time, and we're excited to be at church today. So come on in, filter in, and, and uh, get ready for some worship tonight. So come on down. It's good to have you. So look around and high five like five people. If there's not five people near you, you have to move a little bit. That was only two, Elijah. You gotta do more than two. So might have to move. That's three. You got two more, man. But we are glad you are here tonight. Amen. Y'all ready to worship Jesus tonight? Anybody ready? All right, well, let's, let's, let's spend time in worship. Let's be free in our, our time with God tonight. Amen. Jesus be 
so good. Father, we love you. Well, we're glad to have you here tonight. If you're able, just go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. All right, amen. Well, hey, hey, everybody. It's good to have you tonight. I see people. Did somebody bring peaches? Because I see a bunch of people eating peaches. Eat a peach during church. Why not, right? Can I tell you something about peaches? The fuzz bugs me. I don't know. I got to peel peaches. The fuzz, man. If I feel like I'm eating something that was in my pocket and has lint on it, you know, that's just the way I feel. So, But you eat the fuzz if you want. That's your, your decision. You got free will on peaches in this place, all right? So no peach fuzz for me, though. Ah. You want to hear another one of my pet peeves now we're on it? Okay. So this is something I fight with people about. So if you disagree with me, you're wrong, okay? So if you go to B-Dubs, how many of y'all ever been to B-Dubs or a wing place? And you order wings and they go, would you like traditional or boneless? And I always say there is no such thing as a boneless wing. All you're eating is a chicken nugget. How many know I'm right? There is no chicken in the world that has wings with no bones in it. You, you just might as well go cheaper and go to McDonald's. It's the same thing. So people, no, 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 there, there are boneless wings. There, that's a pet peeve of mine. No, there is no such thing. I will fight to the death about that. That's my hill to die on right there. There are no such thing as boneless wings. You can eat them, but they don't exist. Anyways, all right, so I was supposed to be doing an offering. I'm sorry. Tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you may get it out. And um, 
prepare your offering in, in the seats in front of you, offering envelopes. Yes, that's how we'll divide our church. The saved and the heretics. That's that's what it is. Bone in, saved, boneless heretics. That's that's just what that's about. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, tithe and offering. That's what we're trying to do. But I wrecked it. I wrecked it. I'm sorry. You know, I, I used to do it. Now we're talking now I'm hungry for chicken wings. When I was a youth pastor, we used to do uh, kind of an invite your friend Sunday, and we would order 1,000 wings from B-dubs, and those kids would eat them all. They'd wipe them out, 1,000 wings, and we'd have, you know, like two, 200 kids would show up, and they'd just pound. It was a great day. Maybe we'll do that as a church. What do you guys think? We'll, we'll do it. All right. All right, tithing offering. If you have something to give, get it ready. Um, Canyon, why don't you come pray over tithing offering? Come on, Canyon. Come on down, man. You're not going to do it? Not at all. You can't say, just Lord bless the offering. There we go. All right. This is, this is a safe place right here. Don't worry about that you're on live stream right now. It's not a big deal. But this, this is a safe, this is safe. This is a safe place. I'll, I'll help you. Go ahead. Uh, Lord, bless this offering and uh, yes, look over it and let it be used for good purposes. And, Amen. And uh, we thank you for all you do for all of us. Amen. Amen. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bring it on down if you got it. Amen. Don't all bum rush the stage, okay? Man, that's like, uh, that's, you're, you're hired, man. That was good. All right, so don't forget water baptism a week from Sunday. We got water baptism right after church, right out front. We have a handful of people being water baptized. How many know water baptism is the command of Jesus? How many know that? And we should listen to what he says, and there's reasons why. We'll talk about that that day. Okay, top golf outing. That is happening July the 24th, so a week from this Saturday. All right. Now, we found out the cost of it. The cost is 25 bucks. That, that's for your tea time with everybody, plus they provide some food while you're there. So it's $25. So we need a confirmation on Sunday of whether or not you're going. So if you want more information, see Mike, uh, our tea time's at 2.30 in the afternoon, too. So it's in Cincinnati, we'll have to bust out here a little before that, cost 25 bucks, and we'll just have a good day. But so Mike needs your confirmation here tonight or Sunday of whether or not you're able to go if you had signed up. Okay, so. Uh, that's coming uh, down the pipe pretty soon. Uh, don't forget, then, this Sunday. What's this Sunday? Dedication. Church dedication. How many all going to be here? I hope everybody's coming. Um, now, we do have 10 a.m. service, normal service. And then we're coming back at 6 p.m., and we're going to dedicate our building. And, and we have some, uh, probably some people visit from the other campuses and check it out. So it's going to be a good day. So make sure you come out for that and invite somebody now. Uh, Margo and I, we're not going to head back over and then come back again. So I just thought I'd tell everybody, after church Sunday, we're going out to eat the Mexican place. Whoever wants to come, come on. We'll just, we'll just take over half the restaurant. So if you guys want to go out to eat Sunday, I'm not paying for it, but you can come along with us. All right, so we'll go out to eat. If you want to join us, we'll eat at the Mexican place Sunday uh, after church. And then uh, this coming Saturday, kind of continuing our process, but also prepping for Sunday evening. Uh, we have a work day starting at 9 a.m. So if you want to come out, we, we have some paint projects we just start. Uh, we're prepping for drywall in the basement. And then any mess we make, we have to clean up for Sunday night because people want to look around the building. So uh, if you can come out uh, for a little on Saturday, two or three hours, come on out Saturday morning, 9 a.m. I'll be here and we'll get some work done in the building. Amen. That's all I have about that. Thank you, Chamberlain. So let's jump into the Word tonight. If you have it, get your Bibles out. And um, we're still in our series dealing with struggle. And uh, I think next Wednesday we'll, we'll have one more topic on this, and then we'll uh, move on from it. So two more, two more nights in dealing with struggle. Tonight I want to talk about dealing with disappointment. So how many of you, whether it was through a circumstance of your life not working out the way you had wanted it to or thought it should, 
whether it was a circumstance, a relationship, uh, uh, something financial, whatever, and you found yourself in a place of disappointment when life, okay. And how many of all had prayed about that? Oh, now see, this is a hard subject. And so, so let, let's just kind of meet this uh, kind of head on tonight. So what we're going to do is I'm going to start with dealing with disappointment. We're going to go big picture first. Then we're going to work back from big picture, okay? So uh, what I mean by big picture is if you've got your Bible, go to Revelation chapter 21. That's big picture. Revelation chapter 21. And now, again, I've been pastoring for over 20 years. And... Um, on a weekly basis, as a pastor, people talk to me about the disappointments of their life. Things that they're going through and things aren't quite working out the way they thought they would, or, or sometimes they're not in the middle of it. Something has happened, it's final, and it didn't go the way they wanted. And sometimes it's multiple. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is because of my experience as a pastor hearing people. And sometimes not always being able to provide a nice, easy answer. So I'm going to give you tonight's not a nice, easy answer. You can't always put everything in, in a box and wrap it up real pretty like a Christmas present with a nice bow on top and, and make it nice. So we're, we're going to put some things in context and then let um, you be able to work things out as you go. So Revelation chapter 21. Here's big picture. And verse number 1, Revelation 21, 1. And it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And watch this. And this, this is the verse um, that so many people hold on to. We all should. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Amen. Amen. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. How many know that's what's coming? How many know that Jesus is coming again? Amen. Don't ever forget it. Perhaps today, perhaps tomorrow, I, who knows? Some people say, Well, don't all these things have to happen? Listen. Just be ready. Amen. I have, I think I told you before, I have in my office on one of my, my shelves uh, was a little, uh, I don't even know what you call it, a uh, little plaque or whatever. It's freestanding. It was in my grandmother's and grandfather's house. They had it in their living room. They had no TV there, but they had this. And it just simply says, perhaps today. And when they passed away, and, and uh, uh, all the grandkids went and picked something that was still there, and, and my sister said, I'm going to get it, but I took it before her. <laughs> and I'm not going to give it to her. Anyway, so um, I'm not that mean. But anyhow, uh, perhaps today, you don't know. But he is coming again. And in the process of things happening when he comes again, all things will be made new. New heaven, new earth come together. God will dwell with us. And there'll be no more tears. No more mourning. No more pain. For the things that were caused because of sin and a ramification of sin will be no more. How many of y'all believe? And how many of y'all look forward to it? Amen. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was the dawning of a new creation. And the dawning of the new creation that day, that first Easter Sunday, the first day of the week, as the Bible says. That's why we celebrate on Sundays, by the way. 
the Christians began to gather in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus on the first day of the week. Monday is not the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. As a matter of fact, when you come to church Sunday, you're tithing your week. Oh, look at that. And you're basically committing your week to Jesus. Right? So Jesus rose from the dead, and at that moment, the new creation started heading towards new heaven, new earth. It started, it started that way. Jesus ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father, sitting with all authority uh, and things underneath him. He's in authority, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead, as the creed says. But that makes a point. The point is that if it's coming, it's not here yet. So if a time is coming when there's no more tears and no more mourning and no more pain, that means we're still in a time where there will be tears and there will be mourning and there will be pain. Is that right? Now, hasn't the kingdom come? Yes, the kingdom's come. But the kingdom has not come in its finality. We live in the tension of a now and not yet. Now, in a sense, it's here, we're saved, we're beginning to live prophetically of what is to come, but it hasn't come in its final perfection. He will do that later. There are things of the kingdom that have not been fully realized on this earth yet, because it's going to be. And because we live in a tension of now and not yet, we live in an age where there can still be disappointment. So you have to start with this big picture of what is coming, because it is coming, but it's not fully here yet. Is, is that true? So um, one of the things uh, uh, as a pastor that I do is I officiate funerals. And, and of all the things that, that pastors do, that's not our favorite part of the job. And, you know, I guess it's one thing if... Um, the person lived to be older in their 90s. They lived a good life. They, they left a legacy, you know. And, and you, those are kind of, everybody's still sad, but that, that's a celebration kind of funeral. But, but as a youth pastor for so many years, I think there was three, four, maybe five occasions, I'd have to really think about it, where I presided over a funeral of a teenager or somebody younger. Tragedy, car accidents, and whatnot. Um, and, and in those moments, these funerals, you, you, whether it's in the funeral itself or at the graveside, you always end up in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So why don't you go there? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's the great chapter in the Bible on the resurrection that Paul wrote. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 53. For the perishable body, that, that's your body that you live in right now is perishable. Is that correct? And those of you who are older would testify. Your body's not quite what it used to be. How many know what I'm talking about? So we live right now in a perishable body. So, but but the, the perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Now, then shall come to pass. What's this talking about? The resurrection of the dead. So part of the new heaven and new earth is we're resurrected, right? So when somebody dies now, their spirit is in heaven, their body's in a grave. But the resurrection of the dead, it's all brought back together, made brand new, new heaven, new earth, and here we go, right? But only then can we say, as it is written, that death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? But only then. Because only then is the full fulfillment of the scriptures. But until then, we deal with perishable bodies. Right? We deal with an imperfect world. 
So I, I, know, I know some uh, people that I would consider stalwart people of the faith that have passed on and died. Now, you've got to think, think about that for a second. They were saved, right? Forgiven, saved. They were being saved, right? And, and then and later on in time, it, they're, they're going to be saved in the fullness of all things. But even in their salvation and being strong people of faith, the wage of sin of physical death still got to them. You see what I'm getting at? Why? Because it's not all made new yet. But we're headed that way. And because I'm just making a point that because we live in this time, we may experience disappointment in our life with certain outcomes of life because things aren't perfected yet. Now, I'm saved, but it doesn't mean I live in a bubble of perfection. I mean, you, you can just think about simple things. I don't know when the last time we was had an argument, 1997. I don't know. But anyways... It, just by the fact that we're going to have an argument means all things haven't been made new yet because we're, we're, we're having an issue with each other. That's something very simple. Or let's say this winter, I, I catch a, a head cold. God forbid. That's, a, that's a, All things haven't been made new yet. I, I got the snipple. Right? You fall down, scrape your knee, and you're bleeding. You know why? All things haven't been made new yet. You, you can think about it on the simplest level all the way to people passing on in death. We live in a world that's fragile. And in that, there will be times that life doesn't go always the way we want it to go, even though we're people of faith. Now, I understand with faith, you can do anything. All things are possible. I get it. But your faith is trending you to all things being made new as we're trying to grab the signs of the kingdom now. And it doesn't work with easy buttons. So I believe God can do anything. Which is why I believe there's going to be a new heaven and new earth. You see what I'm getting at? So you have to see the backdrop of the big picture. Because when you have the backdrop of the big picture, there is always hope even when things aren't working out in your moment, right? There's always hope. So uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, let's go there. Now, notice I'm, I'm doing this, dealing with disappointment, right in the middle of on Sundays doing a series on faith. These are not contradicting one another. Your faith is pulling on the signs and the, the work of the kingdom now, but your faith is drawing you to the eternal life that God has for us later. And your faith that is pulling on the signs and the work of the kingdom now, where we're seeing fits and starts and, and, and bumps and ups and downs and all this, and we're working it out, right? But just know that faith is drawing towards eternal life. It all works together. I believe God can raise the dead now. Amen. But even if you were raised from the dead now, if Jesus takes another 100 years to come, you're going to die again. Y'all notice that Lazarus ain't still running around? He, he, was, he was the seventh sign, I think the seventh sign in the book of John, the seventh miracle of the book of John. That was symbolic of the, of the later resurrection. Raised Lazarus from incredible miracle. It set the place of buzz of Jesus, right? Well, if, you, if we kept a, a, a history of Lazarus, later on he died. You know why? He's experiencing the kingdom, but not the finality yet. So I believe God bless you financially now, but, but that's not the finality of the kingdom. You see what I'm saying? You can think about anything that God can do now. It is a draw of what is to come. Okay? So Hebrews chapter number 11. And let's go to verse uh, 32. We may, we may come back to this on Sunday a little bit. This is the end of the chapter of the great chapter of faith by the writer of Hebrews. And it says, and what more shall I say? 
for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and again, recounting the, the, the great uh, people of faith in the scripture, uh, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of, of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Wow. How I many of us a lot of victory right there? Now watch what this writer keeps on going. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Amen. Wandering about in the deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Do you see the ship right there? All this victorious stuff, and it comes now, oh, there are people that in faith still suffered. And they still went through hard things. Right? But even of them, the world was not worthy of them because they stayed in faith in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of life not going as they planned when they were younger. You see what I'm saying? And watch this. In all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Amen. Now think about that. What the writer is saying is this. In all the great things that happened, they didn't see the final fulfillment of it all yet because there's still something to come. They didn't get it all right now. Their faith is driving them towards what's to come. And since God uh, had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So it goes on then, verse 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the people of faith that did great things but also, also endured tough times, right? Let us... Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us what? Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despised his shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So what do we do? in light of the witnesses who have gone before us in faith, who did great things but also suffered. What do we do? We learn from them that you will see great things, but you also may go through trying times. You may see wonderful things happen, but just know what your faith is drawing for will not be made complete here. Right? So what do we do in light of that? We run with perseverance, the race, marked out for us. So when you're in a place in your life where you would say, this is a disappointment because things aren't working out the way I hope, run the race with perseverance. That's what we're called to do. It takes faith to do that. Because sometimes when people uh, find a place of disappointment, they, they get angry, they blame God, they start to doubt, and all these different kind of things. It takes faith to keep going. When Jesus returns, the Bible says, what is he looking for? What is he looking to find on the earth? Faith. Again, we said this before, not a perfected life, not that you conquered everything, not that everything worked out, not everything went the way you wanted, but that you are still in faith because faith is drawing you to what is to come. I can't promise you Tomorrow, your day is going to be perfect. I wish I could. But I can tell you, it's going to be all right. Even if it's what's to come. And we don't like to be patient. Right? Well, I don't feel like God's showing up in my moment. 
Well, God is in your moment. He's also in the future. I'm, I'm really contending in faith for it. Keep contending. Because God can do anything. But just know you're also drawing to what is to come. You live prophetically by living in faith. Do you know that? Because you're living towards what is to come. Even if it's happening in fits and starts right now. Right? Got to keep going. Persevere. So here's something to go with this. That writer right there, after this great chapter on deeds of faith, says we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, right? Don't put your hope in certain outcomes of life. Put your hope in Jesus. Because eventually a circumstance, a person, or something will disappoint you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't change. My hope is in Jesus. My hope is in his return, Titus chapter 2, and the great and blessed hope of the return of our Lord. We look for it, we long for it, but until he comes, we're trying to bring heaven to earth to help heal this world with him. But he's my hope. Because Jesus does not leave me. He doesn't forsake me, right? My hope's in him. Not all the things that my life plays out to be. Amen. So when we're dealing with things that happen, because we just live in this imperfect world, we fight the fight of faith with our eyes on Jesus. Because the whole time we're fighting the fight of faith, he's perfecting faith in us. He's the author of it, and he is the one that works it. He is the one that grows us and matures us. Remember, James, the testing of your faith. Wait, wait a minute. The test, you, James said, the testing of your faith. Wait a minute, I thought that once I'm saved, it's an easy bubble, peaches and cream, life seat. No, no, no. The testing of your faith. Amen. In James' context, probably persecution, but the testing of your faith, watch, develops what? Perseverance. Why do you need perseverance? Because you gotta, you got to keep going no matter what. And in that, you will become what? Mature? You will never become fully mature unless your t- faith is tested. You know that? You guys all got kids, right? Or you raised kids. Imagine if every time they wanted something, you said, done deal, you can have it. Disaster coming, am I right? Maturity doesn't happen because you just get everything on the easy button. Get what you want, when you want it, how you want it. Right? The testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must do its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There's a maturity that our life is working towards because our faith is tested. But your faith is never tested if your life was an easy button. If you didn't go through things, if you didn't find struggle, if you didn't find disappointment. In those moments, it's not fun, but in those moments, God is doing a work in you, taking you to perseverance, and then with that maturity. So, fix your eyes on Jesus, not on all your circumstances. Now, have I ever strived for things? Oh, yeah, I set goals. I, I, I set goals. Uh, in purpose, I set goals financially. I set goals in a lot of stuff. I strive. It's not like I'm just freelancing through life and not caring. I work to do stuff. I, I plan, and it doesn't always work out. I, I faced a, a couple physical things that just popped up out of nowhere in my life. Whoa, where'd that come? Well, that stinks, right? Life's not going the way I wanted to go in the next year because we got to deal with this now. Now we got a detour. Now our faith is being tested. Right? Finding disappointment, okay. But that is not the end. 
all things are going to be made new. And for the places we saw victory, amen, it's drawing us to eternity. For the places that didn't work out and we moved on, amen, I'm still being drawn to all things made new. Especially in the area of lost loved ones. Understand the big picture. We're, we're disappointed. You know, we're hurt. It's mourning. But there will be a time that there will be no mourning. And there will be no tears. There will be no more pain. That is our great reward. God blesses and rewards, but it is not the great reward that's coming. Amen. Therefore, our hope's there. So here's what happens. When we get in places where things don't seem to be working out, often we try to explain it and come up with reasons for it. I've come to a place that I believe our expectations or explanations always fall short in some way. Could it be doubting in faith? Well, sure. Could it be the will of God? This Sure. It could be a lot of different things, but I've often found people contending in the faith and they're standing in a scripture on something and you go, I, I just don't know. So I don't beat my head on the ground trying to figure out why. What I do is, okay, let's go. I'm going to keep running the race with perseverance. Because my faith is strong in pushing me through these times. Faith isn't just about just trying to get an answer or a thing to happen now. Faith is how you run the race. It's both. Right? The race is taking me to what's to come. Amen. Amen. So these disappointments, this is something that's been said a lot in this series. Go ahead and wrestle with God about it. Ask him. Throw the questions out. I I remember there was a time, uh, there was something happening in my life. I I was in a church sanctuary. I was by myself. The lights were out. Uh, it was at another church, and I just looked up to God, and I just yelled, why is this happening? I was having a psalm moment, you know what I'm saying? Just cried out, what in the world? And, you know, Jesus didn't come down and say, okay, let me, let me explain to you. Have a seat. I yelled, nothing. Thanks a lot. But what comes, you ever read the psalms like that? When they cry out, and it, by the end of the psalm, they'll say something like, but yet I praise you. Because you are my rock and my salvation. And it just, so I had to come back and say, but yet, you know, yep, I praise you. Yep, you are my rock, you are my salvation. Because what I'm experiencing in this life right now is not the end of it. And I will keep going in perseverance to reach the reward. That's right. Amen. So don't be overcome by disappointment. God is not done yet. Amen. Is he? Nope. It's not the end of the story. The, the book hasn't finished. The chapter's not done. God's still writing the story. Stay in faith. So be encouraged. Amen. First of all, when life doesn't work out the way you want to know you're not alone because it happens to everybody in something. Let's be honest. Right? We all experience the messed up world. You're not alone. Be encouraged. We as a church are going forward together in the midst of our mess. With the blessed hope, Jesus is coming again. And we will contend in faith every single day till he comes. And we will celebrate our miracles and we will celebrate the God possibilities. We will celebrate all the incredible things that happen because of our faith. And they will happen. But we also stay strong in the midst of any disappointment that pops up. And we will keep going. And we will keep running the race till it is finished. So be encouraged. You are going to make it. Right? right? You are gonna make it. Amen. No matter what you've been through, some of you guys have been through some stuff. And we don't ever trivialize the stuff you've been through. Don't, never do that. Some of you have been through some things that, that it, it's hard to fathom 
getting through it. But God is who he is. Keep contending in your faith. He will see you through. How many of y'all believe that? Who believes that? Let me see. Okay. Let's do that, Dan. Amen. All right. Let's pray. So, so if you're, you got, um, maybe you're in a spot right now where you're just going, my goodness, why is this not working out? Keep fighting. Keep bringing God in this situation. You just don't know what he may do. Amen. But in the midst of it, you just commit yourself to keep running the race. Amen. And you keep committing yourself to bringing that before the Lord, like, like the, the parable of, of the widow and the unjust judge. You keep going back to God. You keep getting in his presence. You keep wrestling with him about it. You keep committing it to him. God will do what he's going to do. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you help us in our moments. And there, there are so many different things that people have cried out to you about. We know that when we look back in our life, we're going to see just how you were doing. And that, that, that one song we sing sometimes, even when we don't see it, you're moving. Even when we don't notice it, you're working. You work beyond our understanding. And you are drawing us to a, a place of a finality, of a reward, of eternal life with you. Lord, we just ask that you help us, give us strength, give us wisdom. For the questions that we may not get an answer to, I pray that we learn that we just, just got to grab onto you and, and, and keep going. And Lord, that we just know and we hold firm because we believe and we trust that you are the God of all things. And you are going to see us through. And Lord, the, the joy, the joy, the joy of that wonderful, glorious day when the finality of eternal life is realized is so beyond our comprehension what that may be like. I pray, Lord, that, that we strive and keep going towards that and be in that reward together. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let me just say one thing. I'll let you go. When, when there's times when we're, um, when I have to deal with a, a death and a funeral and different things like this many, many times over the years, there's something I tell a lot of times the family. I say, sometimes in private, sometimes in a message, so you understand that the mourning that you're going through, and you should mourn, it's part of the process, but that mourning is carving deep caverns within you to greater experience the joy of the resurrection. The more you understand the hurt of the world, the more the joy of God and the resurrection is realized to you. You see what I'm getting at? When you mourn, you're, you're protesting. You're saying, this isn't right. This is not what God intended, but yet this is the way our world is. That's what you're saying. You're protesting. This isn't right. This hurts. Because in God's world, the way he made it, there, there's no hurt. There's no mourning. There's no tears. But we brought with the curse, right? Amen. That mourning is protesting. But it's also setting you up, my goodness, for the joy of when all things are made new. Can you fathom? We can't, but can you begin to fathom in your imagination what that is going to be like? Holy smokes. You want to talk about celebration. You want to talk about wrongs being made right and hurts being finally healed. Can you imagine 
My goodness. We're headed there. And we experience the messed up things of this world. And we, we just, you just have to watch the news or, or things going on in your neighborhood or even your own family. Things, things are just messed up and you, just, you don't understand and it, it upsets you and it makes you angry. You're being set up because you see and you see God and mess and, and, and wanting God to do. You're being set up for an incredible experience of joy and all things being made new. Hold on to it. It is our reward. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Let me go. I'll stop there. All right, we'll see you Sunday morning. Let's get ready to celebrate this Sunday uh, for church in the morning and then our dedication. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. We'll see you Sunday.